irreverent, entertaining, cool. You are listening to LA Talk Radio. We say what we want. You're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions with Brad Remillard and Barry Deutsch. Only on LA Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone. Uh, I'm Brad Remillard, and here with my partner, Barry Deutsch of Impact Hiring Solutions, and you're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions Live. Uh, a little bit about us. We are a retained executive search firm, and Barry and I have been together since about 1985 doing executive search, and we are a best practices hiring company. There are uh, a lot of shows out there that talk about business, talk about different topics, leadership, uh, basic environment, but we are a little bit different. We are one of the only business shows where we talk about one thing, hiring. That's the scope and focus of our uh, program. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you're a candidate uh, out there looking to find the right job uh, or in a company trying to find out, uh, you know what, I'm not looking right now, but I know that the day is going to come when I need to get back out there and try and fire, to try and find those and attract uh, top talent once again. You may even be a company out there thinking about right now, how do I upgrade my staff? This is a great chance to do that. And so it doesn't matter whether you're a company or a hiring a manager or a, even a candidate. From 11 to noon every Monday, we're here to talk about those hiring issues. We're here to engage you. If you'd like to join us, you can participate in the conversation. All you got to do is call 818-602-4929. But one caveat here, like uh, there's a hook for everything, nothing's free. Um, you can't have blocked calls. Uh, they just won't go through. And so if you've got call blocking, you need to hit star 82 before you call. That's our number will be unblocked, and we can identify you by area code. That's really what it's about, so we can identify people. If you're at work, if you're at a place where you can't get to a phone, if you just don't want to call in because it's too hard to talk, too much noise in the background, um, you can still talk with us you can, or converse with us, I guess, better. Uh, just send us an email. Send us an email to info at impacthiringsolutions.com. Info. I-N-F-O at ImpactHiringSolutions.com. Either way, uh, we'll do our best to get your uh, topic online. We'll do our best, best to discuss what's on your mind today. As we talk about today, I think one of the most confusing subjects for many candidates and one of the most misunderstood topics for many candidates is how do you engage recruiters? How do you communicate with recruiters? How do you work with recruiters, especially in these very frustrating uh, times for many candidates? Barry and I have been in executive search for 25 years. So today, we're going to give you some tips, some pointers, some ideas, some ways to help you engage recruiters and understand what recruiting is all about and maybe even why do you even want to talk to a recruiter. The fact is, it's probably not all that complicated a way to engage recruiters, and my guess is today you may step back and think, I already know that. Gee, I already knew that. The problem is not knowing it. We all know a lot of things. doesn't make us good at it. So knowing something and doing it are kind of two different things. So hopefully we're going to give you a way to actually do it, not just know it. Uh, Barry, any thoughts on an introduction today and uh, what we're going to talk about? 
I think one of the things we should be talking about is to start with is how do you know what kind of recruiters to talk to? How do you get their attention? How do you engage them, build a relationship, get the recruiter to trust you, get them to be aware of how your background, profile, accomplishments will be a best fit for their client? So there's a lot of different components. Unfortunately, we've only got an hour to do this. We could probably spend six hours on this one subject alone. Yeah, we'll probably have to come back to it and revisit again. But let, let's start with uh, with where you did. I mean, I think the first thing for me when I think about how to when candidates ask me about recruiters, I think well, the first question you got to understand is what kind of recruiter are you talking to. There are really two different types of recruiters. You've got the contingent and the retained, and they both are important. They both serve different functional, different reasons. Um, maybe you can talk about the two differences between that contingent, that retained, and, and kind of their differences, if you'd like. I think one of the things that contingent recruiters do is their primary focus is on the candidate, having enough candidates in their, let's call it for lack of a better phrase, an inventory. So as clients call in um, orders to fill different jobs, you know, I need a job filled for an inventory control manager, I need a job filled for a senior accountant, I need someone to be a bookkeeper. Um, they hopefully have enough people in that inventory and they spend probably 80 to 90% of their time trying to build that so that when they have an opening, they could send candidate A out on this bookkeeper job, candidate B out on the one over in uh, uh, this city, one in this end of town. That's the focus of a contingent recruiter. If the client hires the candidate, then the recruiter gets a fee for the placement. Retained search is a little bit different from that in that typically the, there's some combination of fees, but a significant portion of the fee or all the fee is paid up front. The recruiter then engage the client, the customer of the recruiter is not the candidate. It's the hiring manager or executive. And there's a lot of research, due diligence, vetting. The fees are typically a little higher. There's a, uh, an investment the hiring manager makes. So it's more of a relationship and a contract with the company to fill an assignment. Retained recruiters generally, speaking on a general basis, um, will do a better job of screening, evaluating, probing, validating, vetting candidates rather than just sending out resumes. They're going to really want to make sure they're presenting the very best people to their clients. Yeah, I think the key thing there for candidates is that they need to know, um, are you a contingent recruiter are you a retained recruiter? Because the key word there was that relationship. Now, that doesn't mean that contingent recruiters don't have good relationship. I worked first uh, 12, 13 years of my career. I worked as a contingent recruiter, and uh, I had a relationship. But the fact is you don't have that exclusive relationship. Usually a contingent recruiter is working with two or three companies. I mean, a, a hiring manager is working with two or three contingent recruiters trying to spread the uh, – uh, the job search uh, as broadly as they can, and uh, it's definitely not exclusive. Worth retained, obviously, they've pretty much engaged you. I like to think of uh, that retained as equivalent to that CPA or that lawyer or that trusted advisor, where they're really working. They've selected you, and you're the vendor they want to work with. And I'm not suggesting, I don't think either one of us is just one is good or bad, one's better or worse than the other. They serve different purposes at different points in time. And it's just important for the, for the candidate to know what type of recruiter that they're engaging because the relationship with that will be totally different, as you indicated. Um, you were going to say something? 
I think the other piece is understanding what is the what, what kind of business functional area geography does the recruiter specialize in i think candidates looking to engage with recruiters waste an enormous amount of time trying to get the attention of recruiters that it just doesn't make any sense that they call engage get a resume to try to build a relationship with the key is finding the ones that are focused in your specialty your area your geography that those those small handful of ones that are great networkers, they've got great contacts, they've got an extensive client base, they're going to be the ones you're going to want to seek out and figure out, i got to build a relationship with that recruiter. Yeah, I think that, that's a great point um, that I think candidates miss in that I, I, I kind of jokingly uh, was at a networking meeting here, I don't know, a month ago or so, and I asked the, the group, I said, how many of you want to get in touch with executive recruiters? And I'd say, you know, I don't know, 70, 80% raised their hand. And I said, no, you don't. I said, you really only want to get in touch with the one recruiter. The one recruiter that has the job for you. The rest of it, well, let's face it, you don't care about. So you need to get focused on those recruiters that will have the job for you. It's not about blasting your resume to every recruiter in town and having every recruiter having their database. They're not going to find you anyway. You really want to get in touch with that one recruiter that can really help you. And I think you've said it three or four times. And this is where I think most candidates really misunderstand the, the recruiters, and that is you build that relationship. We're human. It's all about a relationship. We want relationships with you. And a relationship is a two-way street. It's not a, it's not a one-way street that every time as a candidate you become in transition, you go back and say, okay, how do I contact recruiters now? It's an ongoing relationship that, that, that continues all the time, even when they're working. And, the, and I'm not suggesting it's not the recruiter's responsibility too, but I think more often not recruiters try to continue that relationship, relationship because when the company's, the candidate's working, it's in their best interest. And when the candidate's not working, it's in the candidate's best to develop that relationship. So it should work both ways. Um, and I think that's very important in terms of knowing that you got to have a relationship with three, four, five candidates, um, recruiters, but it's got to be a solid relationship. So, Brad, let's talk a little about how do you figure out who are the right recruiters to be talking to, whether they're contingent or they're retained. How do I even figure out who who is the very best that I should be engaging with and trying to build a relationship with? Yeah, I think you know that that a lot of that's a candidate's responsibility to do their due diligence. No different than you you look at and you say, okay, how should I engage my accountant? You look in, how should I engage anybody that you want to engage? My insurance, my financial broker, my financial advisor, uh, my uh, real estate agent. Uh, you do your due diligence. You do some work. Uh, I hate to say this, but it's true. I mean, we know there are flaky recruiters out there. I mean, there's so few barriers to entry to becoming a recruiter that when times are well, the money's good, so recruiters jump on the bagman, they get a phone, all of a sudden they start making calls, and they call themselves executive recruiters. So I, th- I think there's some basic questions that candidates should want to know when they engage a recruiter. Um, I would want to ask, uh, you know, first I'd want to find out what type of recruiter are you? Are you a contingent or are you a retained recruiter? And if they answer they're a retained recruiter, find out what percentage of their business are they 100% retained recruiters like yourselves and I. We don't do any work on contingency. I, we just don't do it. Um, or are they kind of a split? So understand the type of recruiter. 
Uh, I think you should want to know just how long have they been in the executive search business. Did they just get in it you know, in 2005 when the when everything was blowing? You know, the you could, anybody could be a recruiter, and uh, or they've been in it since you know for what I don't know what we're going on almost 30 years here now, or 25, 30 years that we've been doing it. We've been through recrescence. We've been through the tough times. We've sustained. We've got a client database. You know, how long have they been in this, and how long they've been with the company? I mean, I, those are other things that I think are important. Uh, Yourself, what, what your comments? You, I mean, those are just some basic that I think are important. There's some other things I'd recommend, but uh, um. well, I think Brad, one of the things we got to step back for a minute is yes, you can ask recruiters directly what those questions are, but one of the first steps is how do you even figure out who these people are? And and I think there's a couple of things that candidates can do. First, there is a Bible of executive recruiters. It's called the Kennedy Red Book. It lists every recruiter. It separates recruiters by geography. It separates recruiters by functional specialty, what they specialize in. You can order it online, I believe. You can get a hard copy of it from the Kennedy Publications and almost it's every a, major li- Yeah, I was gonna say, every library's got them. I was just about to say, and every major library will have a copy of this Kennedy Guide to Recruiters in their reference desk section. Yep. That's one technique. Okay, so you identify a list. The other technique that, I, that I've heard from a lot of people, Brad, over, over the years is talk to some of the very best, brightest, most successful peers you have that are doing the same kind of work you're doing or the work you aspire to do and ask them for one or two referrals to the very best recruiters that they've worked with over the years. That's one another technique. Now, there's a variation of that is... You want to be talking, if you're looking for a promotion, you're looking to grow into a new role, up the, the proverbial ladder, one of the people that, some of the people who can best give you referrals are not necessarily your peers to the right recruiters, because they're dealing with recruiters at that level. You want to be talking to the recruiters that are hiring the next level up. So you should be talking to hiring managers and executives who are using recruiters to hire for that next level role. Who are the very best that they've dealt with? And it's that, again, that's just classic networking, right, Brad? Using referrals through your network to find out who the very best are. And what you'll discover is, let's take Los Angeles as an example. I would bet that if you you were, let's say you're an accounting manager or you're a supply chain vice president or you're a director of marketing, if you ask five or six 12, 15 of the very best people in the Los Angeles area who are doing that kind of work, who the very best recruiters are that they deal with, I'll bet you're going to keep hearing the same two or three names. For example, Brad and I know that in Southern California, if a CEO, company president of an entrepreneurial or middle market company has an executive search to conduct, our name, Barry Deutsch and Brad Remillard at Impact Hiring Solutions, is going to come up as one of the top three choices every single time. And the very best recruiters in functional specialties and in geographies across the country have that kind of name recognition and branding. Absolutely. I think, uh, I th- I think you know, that goes back to uh, really uh, engaging that recruiter or starting that process of identifying who you even want to engage. Um, 
And you know, obviously, there's two ways to there's two ways you're going to try and engage a recruiter. It's going to be either, as you just said, Barry, getting some good referrals, right? Or it's probably going to be either by uh, you know a cold call or they, even them calling you. I mean, it may not happen a lot today, but it's a possibility that the recruiter may call you. Uh, and again, I let's, think, and if they go ahead, let's talk about cold calling recruiters in just a moment. But Brad, I think for some of the folks who may have joined us, let's take a moment and just remind people um, what we're doing here. If you're okay. wondering what we're talking, if you're wondering what we're talking about, and you've just recently joined us or came in after we started the call. This is LA Talk Radio, and you're listening to Barry Deutsch and Brad Remillard from Impact Hiring Solutions. We put this program on this radio show every Monday from 11 to noon Pacific Standard Time, and we're talking about jobs and hiring top talent. If you'd like to participate, you can by calling us and posing a question live. Remember, Brad mentioned early in our call, you have to do that from an unblocked phone, and you could dial 818-602-4929 to pose your question, or a little bit shy, a little bit introverted, you're uncomfortable, you're not in a place where it's easy to, to pose a question on the phone, you can also send us by email your question, and you can send that to info, I-N-F-O, at impacthiringsolutions.com, and Brad and I will make our best effort to try to get your question uh, posed online here. Yeah, I want to make sure uh, our listeners also realize, Barry, that uh, they can go to our website at impacthiringsolutions.com, and we have a wealth of information, and it's growing daily, of both free and products available to all these candidates on topics. Our radio shows are free, all of our past ones. We have numerous articles available for free. We have uh, our blog is there for free. We have um, information you can download uh, for free. But also, we provide a wealth of – we have a lot of products available. We have a complete resume system uh, that you can look at. I mean, you're going to spend 250 bucks. I just saw things going across the internet the other last week as an article. The latter's charge is 700 bucks to get a resume prepared. And, uh, it's, it's controversial, to say the least, how, how good a job they do uh, – do, but it's seven hundred bucks. You can go for forty bucks on our internet, on our site. You can get two audio CDs. You can get a template. You can get examples of resumes. All that information is there, and it's thirty nine dollars. I mean, that's how inexpensive we sell this stuff. Almost at cost, Barry. In our book, this is not the position I, I accepted. You can get that literally right now for paying the cost of shipping, and it has everything about resume. There's a whole chapter in there about what we're talking about engaging. Um, Recruiters. There's a whole. There's multiple chapters on there about resumes. We got five or six examples of resumes. We selected specific resumes and dissect. I call it dissecting them, where we we tell you what to do. There's a wealth of information on that. Our job search hiring kit is the most comprehensive job search hiring kit for uh, executives. Where I, you can go on our website. I actually put links. Two CDs, two hundred fifty bucks for some companies. One CD is just to put a resume. Two hundred fifty bucks. Our job search kit, you can get right now for $14.95. It's six CDs. It includes our book, which is $36 alone. Um, it has all our templates. It has examples of resumes. It is the most comprehensive such, uh, uh, kit on the market today, and we sell that 
at a such, such a reduced price, not because we're trying to make any money. We could sell you know, $39. We're not making a lot of money on anything. It's just the fact that we're trying to get it in people's hands. And this information and these products and these free resources are available on our website, and they're uh, at impacthiringsolutions.com. And I think you owe it to yourself to at least check it out. And many of the stuff, the stuff right now you can get incredibly cheap that will make a dramatic impact on your, on your job search. Just dramatic. Um, so I just I think it's important people know that, and I think it's important that people take advantage of that. Uh, let me go back, Barry, because we did get an email here. Uh, let me ask. Let me. I just see one came in. We got this email from Brian. Uh, he says uh, he's in New York, uh, and he says I am perfect for the posting on the internet, and recruiters never call me back. It is frustrating, and don't they at least owe me a return phone call? So apparently he's probably responded to some postings that maybe a recruiter's put on, you know, the Monster Career Builder, one of those, and uh, wants to know why he never gets a call back, and uh, do recruiters owe him a call back? What are your thoughts? I know mine, but what are your thoughts? Well, I think one of the problems is, is that as a recruiter, um, you know, we might have each, you and I have maybe six to eight opportunities that uh, open search assignments that we're working on at any point in time. We're probably on a monthly basis. I don't know, we're, we're probably meeting and interviewing 20 to 30 candidates a week. We're probably looking at thousands of resumes every single week. We don't have the physical capacity to return every single call. We'd love to, but we just we don't have that capability. Yeah, um, I mean, and what happened? Let me just let me just jump in, Barry, because one thing I don't think they understand is it's a very good point because what they don't understand is we're like everybody else. We've cut back our staff, our support staff we've had to reduce. So a lot of the work that we were farming out before, we've got to do now ourselves. Uh, I mean, uh, the screening phone calls that we used to recruit out and return, we don't have that staff anymore like everybody else. We're way down, and yet the volume of calls has probably doubled or tripled. That, that's a very good point, too. A doubled or tripled would be a gross understatement in this market. Yeah. Number of calls that we get from candidates has probably increased 10 to 20 times. I probably get 25 to 30 calls, unsolicited, cold calls every day. I saw an ad you guys are running. I heard about an opportunity through my network you're working on. Call me back. And yeah. I just don't have the physical capacity. I don't have the administrative staff to return every single one of those. And you, and you know it's and you can't because if the person is back east in New York, the person's in Chicago. Well, they're three hours ahead of us. So what am I going to do at six o'clock at night, nine o'clock their time? Return the phone call? I can't do it. It's not physically possible. I have right now what I do. I do the restaurant routine. They give me a call. I put their name on the bottom of the list, just like a restaurant. And I try and click off a few of these as often as I can. But between traveling, that list right now is somewhere between ninety and a hundred people for me to call back. And I ask people when you're working. When you're working 8, 10, 12 hours a day, do you have time to return an extra 15 to 20 phone calls just because at any point in time you can't possibly do it? So although Brian would like to think we do, my answer is no, we don't owe you a phone call. We, owe, we don't owe you anything. You're replying to us. Now, you and I have a when, – when people submit their resume to us, they do get a, an email back acknowledging that we've received their resume so they know we've got it. But I don't think we owe you a phone call is a short answer. And uh, doesn't mean we don't want to, but I don't think we owe you that. I think uh, if you're the right person, we'll get back to you. I hope that answers Brian's call. may not be the answer he wants, but I hope it, hope it does answer his uh, email. Let's get back but, to him in a very about – go ahead. 
I think this leads full circle back to the question then of, and it's an excellent example because we're not the only ones in that boat, all recruiters are faced with that, is how do you grab the recruiter's attention? How do you begin to develop a relationship? And let's say for whatever reason, this particular, this one assignment they're working on this minute is not the perfect fit, meaning your resume out of the 3,000 that we probably reviewed for the search, you're not one of the top three. For whatever reason, it doesn't matter. How do you get a relationship with me so that the next time I have the right opportunity, I don't need to look at thousands of resumes. I already know you're one of the best people for that. So how do you get into that queue where we already know each other and I know what you're capable of doing and what your background is? Yeah, well, for me, I mean, maybe recruiters work differently, but for me, it goes back to the relationship. I kind of prioritize my relationships. Number one it goes like this. If you've been a hiring manager of mine at any point in time, I owe you. I mean, I literally feel I owe you. So I bend over backwards to help you. I will give you free copies of our book. I will sit down and guarantee I will meet with you if I have to drive an hour. I will review your resume absolutely free. I tell my prior hiring managers that I want to make a contribution to your search. I may not be able to place you which to me is a 100% contribution, but I want to contribute 10, 15, 20% so you know that I feel I owe you. So if you're a hiring manager, you're going to get my attention right away. You're a prior candidate, meaning you're somebody I've worked with, maybe gone out on an interview, um, maybe I placed you, maybe I didn't. You're my next priority, and I will still bend over backwards to help you again because I want that relationship. Number two, number three, for me, if you are referred to me, by one of those previous two, you go right to the top of my list. Uh, so if I get a call that says, hey, Brad, you know, so-and-so over here suggested I give you a call. I look as a hiring manager. I don't, I don't want to – I figure that hiring manager is sending me quality people, so you'll get my, you'll get my attention. Uh, but again, because of a relationship. Um, or, third, or fourthly, you know, if for me, if you're it, – you, it's kind of getting down the list now – but you got to be dead on the money for that job, and your resume better be so compelling and so dead on for that job that I'm going to have to call you out of those three or four hundred people that are trying to get in touch with me. So that's that. You know, that's not a great checklist, but it's kind of an idea of how I'm going to engage people. Or it may do it through just networking. If I'm out networking with people, that's my checklist. I think that's a good checklist, Brad. Um, but you made a very good comment about. If a hiring manager refers someone, someone that we've done work with in the past, that name gets to the top of the list and within 24 hours we'll get a return call. And that comes back full circle to the idea of one of the ways to engage with recruiters is to have deep, intensive, strong relationships with successful Key executives, key managers, folks who have great career tracks, they know the top recruiters. If they were to leave their company today, two or three recruiters would probably have six to seven opportunities right in front of them. Those I, folks, all, all they have to do is pick up the phone, call Barry Deutsch or Brad Remillard and say, Brad, I know someone I really think you should be talking to. His name is Bob Smith. Great. I'll call him within an hour. So that's, again, yeah, that's I, that, that getting that referral or relationship. I think it's deeper than that, too, though, Barry. It, it's, okay, now that you've got that referral, 
and you've begun to engage them, how do they continue that? I tell my clients, my candidates, they should have long-term relationships with three to five executive recruiters. That doesn't mean a relationship only when you're in transition. That means this is how you start it, but a relationship doesn't develop that way. Uh, A relationship develops over time. So if a hiring manager of mine refers Bill Jones or Mary Smith, uh, that's a starting of a relationship. And unfortunately, I think most candidates let those relationships die. I think they uh, don't continue to follow up with me. I can't tell how many candidates I engage, and after I engage, I never hear from them again. They may be on the market three, four, or five months. They never get back to me. They never follow up. They never send me emails letting me know they're still on the job market. I never hear from them again. But that's, how you, that's not a relationship. It's something you do. So I would tell you you have to work at a relationship. These people, once they get engaged with us and a recruiter engages you and you think you have a relationship with it, especially like you or I where we sit down and meet with people, you, know, you should now say, I've got a chance to develop a long-term relationship with this recruiter working or not working, and I'm going to keep in touch with them. When I land, I'm going to send them an email, tell them where I'm at. When I hear of things, I'm going to refer them to them. I'm going to, if, if I hear an open search in my new company, I'm going to suggest they get in touch with them. These are the types of things that when you're in transition in the next two to three years, whatever that may be, and you're probably going to be in transition again, that you don't have to start that process all over again. You've got that, and so continue that relationship. Don't let it die. Excellent point. It's We'll talk about some of the specific detail that you can use to build that relationship over time as we cycle through our, our call here. Let's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, let's take a moment, step back. Sounds like and, you uh, swallowed the wrong way. <clears throat> you want me to pick up your berry? the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking, let me just my say, mute. Let, <laughs> I'm let looking for my mute button. Let me fill in for you. Find... I got well, it. Let I me fill it for you while well, you take a drink of water because it sounds like uh, you need to get a drink of water. And Welcome to live radio. That's what happens when you do things live. Uh, well, too tough to edit out. But So let's, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about, though, another area of engaging uh, recruiters, and that is what if you don't have those relationships but you know of somebody outside of the area? I think there's some other things you can do, and that's where social media enters into the picture of uh, looking into LinkedIn, looking into Twitter. How can you get a relationship with somebody, a recruiter back east? That's why the social medias are so important. You may hey, be Brad. in Florida. Yeah, go ahead, Barry. Right. Let's take a moment and, and just for folks that may have joined us since we started our call, remind folks what we're doing here. Uh, let's, let's take a little step back. Um, okay. If you're wondering what we're talking about, this is Barry Deutsch and Brad Remillard from Impact Hiring Solutions, and you're listening to LA Talk Radio, where every Monday we conduct a radio show, a live internet show. As you can tell, as Brad said, it's live. I'm choking on my own tongue here for a moment. Uh, that we won't edit out, but we conduct the show from 11 to noon every Monday Pacific Standard Time where we talk about job search, job hunt, career management, and hiring top talent. You can participate in our call by submitting your question either by calling in or through email. If you'd like to call in and pose a question, remember you have to do it through an unblocked phone. So you're going to hit star 82 before you dial the area code, and you could dial 818 818- 602-4929. Again, 818-602-4929 to pose your question. Or if you're you're in a place where you can't 
make a live radio call into our show, you're a little reserved, shy, it's uncomfortable, send us the question by email. And you can send that to info, I-N-F-O, at impacthiringsolutions.com. And Brad and I will make our best effort to get your question aired on our show right now. And don't forget to go to our website at impacthiringsolutions.com and take a look at the resources available to you. Go to Candidates. Up on top, you'll see a menu. It says Candidates. Scroll down to Resources. It'll say Free Resources. You'll see another drop-down menu. You can look at our audio files. Every show we've ever done from resumes to networking to branding uh, to engaging recruiters are live there. They're yours. You can download them there. You can go to our blog. You can download articles. And we have a wealth of products available to help you. Uh, these products are designed by two recruiters, Barry and I, and they clearly come from a recruiter's perspective. How to get a recruiter's attention you know, on a resume. What do we look for as recruiters on a resume? What do we look for? How do you gauge it? We have a whole chapter in the book, and the book right now is basically free. Pay for shipping. We'll send it out to you. Five bucks. You can get the book for five bucks. We'll ship it out to you. It has a whole chapter on gauging in recruiters. So all these products are available, and they are I will tell you, a tenth of the cost is we have searched the Internet. We made a conscious effort. We searched the Internet for similar products. We made a conscious effort for uh, similar services. And we made a conscious effort to make sure we were about 10% of everybody else. So what you'd spend $700 for through the ladders to get a resume, you can get the whole thing done for $39 here. So there's a wealth of products. At least take a look at them, read them. Most of the stuff is we'll send it to you free or for a buck or two. Take a look, and you can decide. But that information is available on our website, impacthiringsolutions.com. Um, and uh, you owe it to yourself to at least try and cut your search in, in by two or three months by just doing the right thing. And one of them is engaging recruiters the, the right way. And we've got a whole chapter on how to engage recruiters, the best way to do that and what recruiters look for and how we – get a compelling resume for a recruiter. I think that's one of the things we miss about engaging recruiters, Barry, is what do recruiters want to see in a resume? You know, What do we want that's going to make them stand out and differentiate themselves? I think that's one way, if you've got a search, you can engage a recruiter or a recruiter will engage you, is by you know the five, 600 resumes. What do you want to see to get yourself noticed? Uh, this is one of the most frustrating things for me, and maybe it is for you too, but it certainly is for me. And let me just give you a true life story because it just happened to me in the last two weeks Okay, about engaging recruiters. I sent out an, an email to probably two or th- eh, maybe a thousand people in my database for a search I'm doing. The, the email had was about seven or eight sentences long. You know, three par- two paragraphs, seven or eight, maybe nine sentences long. In that email, I had listed five times the word outsourcing. In fact, the title was VP Outsourcing. Five times in the content, I listed the word outsourcing. Eight times, I had the words contract manufacturing. So five times outsourcing, eight times contract manufacturing. As a candidate, what should jump off the page that I'm looking for on a resume there, Barry? Just out of kind of rhetorical here, but what do you think I'm looking for? Bookkeeping, accounting, inventory control. Yep, that's it. Construction (laughs) management, uh, project management. One time, 
One word. I had the word aerospace. One word. What do you think people told me in their cover letters and in their introduction emails to me? I have I've aerospace great, experience. Right. Yeah, I've had great experience in aerospace. I, I'm looking at this thinking, my goodness, eight times I told you contract manufacturers. Five times I mentioned the word outsourcing. And I have people calling me telling me I'm a great – I work in construction. Not once – did anybody say, hey, I mean, I would say, I, and I went back over the weekend that we were in this program. I went back and I looked at those. I got about 150 responses. I went back and I looked. Do you know how many resumes and how many, take a guess, how many resumes and cover letters, cover letters meaning the email that they sent, included, to, highlighted outsourcing and contract manufacturing? Take a guess. I, I can't begin to guess. Well, let me give you a hint. You can definitely count them on one hand. Wow. Two. Two out of 150. Now, these people want to stand out. They want to differentiate themselves. They want to know, they want to know how to get a compelling resume put together. Two people told me about their outsourcing, at least in their cover letter and their email, and their contract manufacturing. About 30 told me they had great aerospace experience, but... When you got to the resume, never once they could have been in program management. They could have been a purchasing manager. They never mentioned the f- five, 13 times I gave hints of what I was looking for, and none of them replied. So I, you know, how do you engage your recruiters? Look at the posting and see what they're looking for and engage that on their resume. What are your thoughts? I mean, you, are you as frustrated as you can tell in my voice as I was about this? Well, one of the things that, that I almost – send back just automatically when I see a resume that's got a hint of something. I don't pick up the phone. I don't call people. I send them back a note that says, tell me about the top three accomplishments you've got that are similar to X. And that's whatever my client you know, typically requires in that role. Tell me about, if you're looking for a VP of sales in the aerospace arena, tell me about your top three sales successes in selling an aerospace-related product. If I'm looking for someone in supply chain, I might say, tell me about how you've optimized the, your international supply chain. Benchmark but that me... for me against what... Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, so I want more detail because when I just look at a typical resume, and this is the point you're making... 95% of the time, unless one a, a word through random luck just jumps off the page, most candidates aren't developing powerful resumes that address what the client, the recruiter, the ad, the company needs. In fact, it's almost as if people ignore whatever that paragraph says and just send blanket shotgun resumes and, and then wonder why they don't get a call back. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I mean, I, I, I'm going to answer an email here from Rajiv in Walnut Creek in just a minute. But um, one of the important things to recognize is when you want to engage a recruiter, we're looking for very specific things. And I'll back up with you one step further, Barry. You talked about you know sending them back an email. But one of my frustrations with salespeople is I want before you're even going to send that email back to them you know, about what are your accomplishments in X. You know, first you want to make sure that they even have the right industry you know you know you're not going to send that back if you're looking for somebody selling custom component manufactured parts to the aerospace industry you're not going to send that back to somebody selling bubble gum so 
I can't understand why all the resumes I get that want to engage recruiters don't include as a salesperson basic information is what is the product you're selling? Who are you selling to? Who are your customers? I mean, that's basic information that you and I want to know. If I'm doing a sales search for aerospace, I want to know you're selling parts to aerospace companies and I, as opposed to bubblegum to Walmart. I want to know, are you selling B2C or B2B? And why we don't engage you all the time is because we get this 400 resumes and we don't see anything on the resume that we tell you in the postings to give. And that's basically the question Rajiv from Walnut said. He said, how many resumes do you normally follow up with and what can candidates do to be one of those? And Rajiv, that's, I think we just answered your question. We probably follow up with 10% of the candidates that we get with. So if we get 500 resumes, maybe 50, and, and five of those are going to go out to the, to the candidate, to the company, and one's going to get the job. So you got a, there's your, you know, got a one percent chance, ten percent you're getting a call, a one percent chance of getting uh, out to the company, and a minute chance of getting the job. Um, but what to get your resume? What can candidate do? Read the ad and rewrite your mes- resume to include those buzzwords and those key terms. And then Barry and I will write you back maybe for more information, but we won't just ignore you because you haven't told us what's important. Brad and I have actually done a lot of work in this area over, I mean, each of us, as, as you probably read our bios, have over 25 years of executive search experience. That's 50 years of combined experience. Brad, in those 50 years of combined experience, we've probably looked at something on a scale of over 5 million resumes. I mean, it's extraordinary. And Brad just recently posted on our blog um, which we'll talk about in just a moment, a, a blog article called, Are You a Top 5% Candidate? Are you the type of person who's going to get a call back from a recruiter and the recruiter's going to engage with you? And the problem is is that it's the actual number is probably significantly less than 5%. And it's because resumes, as they're generally written, are useless as a document in trying to engage with hiring managers, executives, and recruiters. We have a whole series of templates, forms, audio programs, workbook, uh, uh, exercises. You can find a wealth of this in our free resources section. There's products, there's resume review services. We got a ton of content in this area, all developed to help you convert from a traditional tribal, useless resume that doesn't get anybody's attention into a more powerful document. Yeah, and and that's you, the way you're going to engage a recruiter um, on a cold call without that referral that we talked about before. So there's really two ways. You can engage through referral or through a relationship or you can engage as cold. If you're going to engage as cold through an ad or through the – it's got to stand out. So we're going to pick that phone up and engage you. In fact, Barry, this is the first, so I want to – get to this email because it's the first time it's ever happened to us and uh, it talks a lot about some of the reach that we're getting on our, our radio show I guess because we got a call from Linda I'm sorry Lisa an email from Lisa in London UK I mean I don't think we've ever gotten an email I understand why she didn't call but I don't think we ever received maybe Brazil one time we got an email from I'm not sure but uh, this may be the first and she says I want to come back to the US I am a US citizen basically what's the best way to get recruiters assistance it's a tough one 
Well, I think it goes back to, Brad, everything we've been talking in this call before. So one of the things that she might want to look at is who are the recruiters specializing in her area? What unique gifts does she bring to those kinds of jobs those recruiters might be working on? Are there unique recruiters that specialize in uh, repatriating uh, executives back to the U.S.? Um, are there recruiters that she's worked with in London that have key relationships with recruiters here in the States? And, and, then, and don't ignore and we, the social media. That's the area I wanted to spend our last few minutes on. Okay. So let's talk a little about – let's use Brad and I as the example. So you've sent a resume in. We haven't called you back. You haven't been a fit. Um, you don't know anybody that knows Brad or I. You've played some cold calls to us, and you're not getting the calls returned. But you know that we work a lot of the kinds of assignments – and you want to get high up on our visibility radar. So many recruiters today, I mean, if you're not doing this, you probably shouldn't even be in recruiting. But many recruiters are active in the social media arena. They're on Facebook. They're on Twitter. They've got LinkedIn profiles. They're on Ning. I mean, I could go down. We could spend 30 minutes talking about all the places recruiters network. But let me give you some specific areas of things that Brad and I do and how some of the very best candidates engage with us. First, Brad and I, as you may be aware, run a discussion group on LinkedIn. There's no fee for this. It's got probably, I don't know, almost 2,000 members. We have a very active group that's constantly posing questions to each other. Brad and I try to uh, contribute by posing questions, challenging people, posting links, informational resources. We participate in commenting on the things that other people have commented on. We answer your questions. This is one way to start to get to know us is by signing up, creating a LinkedIn profile, joining the group. Another example. Brad and I write extensively on the Internet. We run a blog. You can find it at impacthiringsolutions.com slash career. And it's a blog about uh, career management and job search. You should start commenting on that blog. You can offer tips, ideas, suggestions through that. Um, you might want to uh, – that's one way to engage with us because we're posting almost every day new information that you could find. Brad and I are active on Twitter. Are you following us? Are you retweeting the things we tweet about? Are you offering ideas, suggestions, uh, posting your own links into our, that network? There's so many different ways to engage beyond just picking up the phone, placing a cold call, and then crossing your fingers, hoping someone calls back. I would what do tell you, think, you I would tell, Oh, I agree, Barry, and I would tell Lisa to also do one other thing. Go on LinkedIn. Um, who in your LinkedIn organization uh, ha- has recruiter relationships you can tap into? Go on LinkedIn. Once you identify those recruiters that Barry just talked about, or you identify a recruiter th- even cold through the uh, Red Book, the Kennedy Guide, then get on LinkedIn. See who in your one or two degrees of separation on LinkedIn has that relationship with them and engage and ask them to Make a referral. Engage them. Uh, Ask them to help you get in touch with them. Ask them to send an email introducing you. Um, Go in through the back door effectively. But even from London, you can use the LinkedIn connections that you have or need to get, whatever that might be, to find somebody who knows that recruiter, knows you, and through that one or two degrees of separation will make that introduction. Um, 
But again, it's not just random recruiters, as Barry said. It's, it's that right recruiter, the right industry, the right functional area. To make that job back, come back, it is going to be difficult because right now in this economy, boy, that's a tough one for uh, um, any company to swallow, let alone along with the fee. Hey, Barry, we got about three minutes left, and I want to make sure we uh, kind of summarize and, and give a, a little note here about what we're going to be doing next week also because I think it's important to know that uh, what our next show is about. Uh, but I do want to summarize. I mean, if, if I was to summarize, and we could each kind of do this, if I was to summarize, I would say if you want to get in touch with recruiters today, number one, it's about a relationship, developing a relationship. It starts somewhere. Um, I would suggest building that relationship with three to five recruiters, not just while you're in transition, refer business to them, work with them when you're in your company, keep in touch with them so you don't have to start this over again, work through your referral network, LinkedIn, local network, Twitter, but develop that relationship and get them to send email, do some follow-up, and only use the phone with relations that exist because otherwise, just not going to happen. If you send a resume in, wait about two weeks, send us an email, we'll try and get back to you. But really, make a conscious effort to identify the recruiters you want to build a relationship with and then make a conscious effort to develop a long-term relationship like we have done with many of our clients. Your thoughts, Barry? I, I think that's very good, Brad. Again, the key is to first, and I'll, I'll resummarize just in a couple of quick sentences, who should you be talking to? And, and this is nothing more than classic effective networking. Who should you be talking to? What's your plan of action for getting to that person? And then once you make contact, how do you reinforce, continually engage, and build that relationship over a long period of time? Yeah, and that's the key. I mean, you want to connect with recruiters and engage us? We're happy to do that. In fact, I think most recruiters want to engage. That's what we're in the people business. We can't engage with everybody, but we can engage with those that are serious about a long-term relationship and really want to develop that and, and be a part of our ongoing network and our ability to help you all the time. Let's, uh, let's talk about the show next week. Uh, you're going to do it solo, Barry, because I'm, uh, unfortunately I'm on a plane traveling. So uh, what are you going to be talking about next week? Oh, gosh, Brad, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, give me a second here to uh, actually well, uh, look, look at what our topic is. See, this is, this is the great thing about library. I set him up. I knew he didn't know the answer to that because I already peaked and I looked ahead of time. I already <laughs> cheated, Barry, on that one. You're going to be talking about putting the sales hat on. So uh, it's going to be a job search, and you're going to put on your sales hat and how important being a salesperson is in your job search. This is such a great topic. I wish I was here to talk with you on this, Barry, because our whole book is all written about being a salesperson. In fact, I've only got a second, but I'm going to tell you, here's a great example. I was at a networking meeting about six months ago, 40 people there. I asked the question, how many of you are in sales or marketing? And at first, one or two raised their hand. And somebody yelled out in the audience, oh, we're all in sales and marketing. And so then, of course, Everybody's hands started going up. So I said, hold your hands up. Don't put your hands down. Now let me ask you a question. Okay, you all say you're in sales and marketing. How many of you have become professionals in sales? How many have read books, attended workshops, gone through seminars, understood what objections are, taken courses on becoming a salesperson, and really becoming a professional? Take, put your hand down if you haven't done that. All but three put their hand down. And I said, you know what? That's like me saying, well, let's see. I reconcile my checkbook. 
and I I did a budget last year at my company. Hey, I'm a CFO. And everybody started laughing. Right. The point is they all they all say they're doing something, but they're not doing it. Yeah, Barry. I'd like to throw one more thought on top of that, and that's the idea that you know, over over these fifty years of combined experience that Brad and I have, we've probably seen that and, and statistics back this up, research studies published in some of the, the finest books, bestsellers, well known business publications. Eighty to eighty five percent of a hiring decision is going to be based on, on how effectively you get your point across. Yes, Parking. Brad and I would like Brad and I would like to admit that, you know, to the very best candidate should go the best job. But the reality is that's not the way it works. The person who is able to articulate and, and you don't have to be a high extrovert to do this, but you do have to be able to get the points across in the interview of why you're the most qualified for that job. And it's not walking in and winging an interview. There's a lot of work, effort, due diligence, learning, research that goes on to be effective to get the very best jobs. Yep, you got to be a professional salesperson, just as professional as a salesperson, as a CFO, as a manufacturing person, as an IT person. And unfortunately, most candidates just simply say, oh, I know, it's, I know I'm a sales and marketing role right now, and then just move on and don't change anything. So Barry, next week, going to talk to you all about putting on that sales hat. Our book is a whole, all the five-step sales marketing process you need to go through from identifying your customer, the marketing materials you need, the tools you need, and our book, you can get it for five bucks right now. So, Barry, with that, we got to go. Um, I want to thank everybody for being here. Next week, put your sales hat on. This week, we'll, the show will be available to download at latalkradio.com or at uh, our, our website, impacthiringsolutions.com. Uh, tomorrow, you can download this and listen to the whole, whole radio show if you didn't get a chance. Thank you all for being here. We'll t- Barry, will be chatting with you next week, and I'll talk to you in about three weeks. Bye-bye. Bye now. You're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions with Brad Remillard and Barry Deutsch. Only on LA Talk Radio.